The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome along to the Big Red Bench. Kieran O'Regan and Ryan with you from, from news. You might notice him a bit more, but uh, he's going to be with us as well till 7 o'clock this evening. Absolutely jam-packed show. We're going to be talking to Gavin Casey from the 42.ie about Katie Taylor's uh, boxing exploits last night. We'll also catch up with the Cork footballers who beat Limerick last night in the Munster semi-final. We'll hear from Jürgen Klopp after Liverpool's big win last night. And we'll also look ahead to next week's uh, big match that Cork are involved in in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship. That is all on the way on the Big Red Bench. Yeah, welcome along to the show. Uh, busy, busy um, weekend of action, busy day of action, and uh, lots to get through between now and 7 o'clock. If you want to text us 086 8104 106, you can uh, WhatsApp us on that as well. Um, Ryan, a busy day of action, including some uh, gold medals coming back to the Rebel County. Absolutely, yeah, like you say, a jam-packed day of sport today. Only one place to start, really. Absolutely great day for Ireland. Great day for Cork, indeed. Ballincollig's own Sunita Puspor has added to her world title by winning gold for Ireland at the European Rowing Championships. Uh, She beat off the competition in the Women's Single Skulls Final in Switzerland this morning, so a massive congratulations to her. Fair play. The McCarthy Twins Finton and Jake, they weren't as fortunate this time. They finished fifth in their lightweight men's double skulls final. Uh, there was loads of GAA action this afternoon. We were keeping an eye on it here in studio. Uh, Waterford's Munster Championship hopes they've basically come to an end in June for a second summer in a row now. They suffered a 20-point loss to Limerick this afternoon at Walsh Park. Yeah, uh, Tommy Walsh, former All-Ireland winner, um, he's saying it's going to be a fairly long winter in the southeast. Yeah, absolutely. The players are there, as one of my friends from Waterford just said, like the seven all stars uh, on that Waterford team were, play, were playing today. Like, now I know, I suppose Brick Welch was, was probably back in, in his younger days, you know, he's 36 or 37 now. But Kevin Moran is still fit and fast, like, age shouldn't come into it with, with guys like that. And I just think today they were under a bit of pressure because every time the ball went up to the full forward line, there was three or four Limerick guys versus one Waterford guy. Yeah, Tommy Walsh speaking there, former All-Ireland winner. Um, fairly brutal stuff down in Walsh Park with uh, Limerick hammering Waterford. Um, you were kind of in and out watching that game, Ryan. Uh, very disappointing for, for Waterford. Yeah, absolutely. It was very disappointing. I mean, 224 to 10 points, so it was, you know... The- not much of a, a show there. Uh, Tipperary made it three wins from three. They had a comfortable win over Clare this afternoon. Um, I suppose the first half was a little bit closer, but by the time the second half really got going, Tip just pulled away. That ended up three, 21 to 17 points. In the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship, Dublin have beaten Carlo by two twenty-two to 113 points. That was at Dr. Cullen Park there this afternoon. And just finally there in Gaelic Games, Kildare, they'll face Dublin in the Leinster football semi-final. Uh, they overcame Longford there 
earlier today their replay in Tullamore that was 118 to 10 points that finished up uh, tennis news plenty of action this year's French Open Roger Federer he's cruised into the last eight uh, the 37 year old he's still showing he can produce world class tennis at the Grand Slams the one time winner at the Roland Garros he saw off Argentina's Leonardo Mayer in straight sets there that was 6-2 6-3 uh, defending champion Rafa Nadal he'll be joining him in the last eight he's also beaten an Argentinian Juan Ignacio Londero in straight sets that was 6-2 6-3 6-3 in the women's singles Johanna Conta progressed to the final eight earlier today when she bet Donna Vetic in straight sets currently on the court is last year's runners up last year's runner up uh, should I say American Sloan Stephen she's playing Gabinia Mogarut so the uh, latest there is Stevens is up in the first set by four games to three. Uh, in boxing news, Katie Taylor won yet another world boxing title last night as she made history. She unified all four lightweight titles with a narrow victory over Delphine Pearson in New York. It secured her Pearson's WBC title. Katie already had her hands on the IBF, WBA and WBO prizes. And as far as I know, she's the first ever boxer to do so now to hold all four titles in her weight division. So fair play to her. Anthony Joshua certainly didn't have as good a night. He was beaten for the first time and lost his heavyweight crown in doing so. Andy Ruiz Jr. came over the, overcame the Englishman in the seventh round in New York. He, the American born to Mexican parents. He's become the first fighter from Mexico to become world heavyweight champion there. Finally, just a quick note on the football. Liverpool supporters, of course, celebrating as they were crowned champions of Europe for a sixth time last night. The Champions League trophy was paraded through the streets of Liverpool this afternoon in front of thousands of fans. They overcame English side Tottenham with a 2-0 win in Madrid last night, thanks to goals, an early penalty from Mohamed Salah and a late clincher for Divock Origi. It's the first major trophy the club has won since manager Jurgen Klopp arrived at Anfield in 2015. Yeah, um, just touching uh, on that one, we'll hear from Jurgen Klopp uh, shortly, but Cork's Cuevin Keller won the subkeepers last night, uh, ex-Ring Mahan Rangers goalkeeper. Um, he now has a Champions League winner's medal. Absolutely fantastic for him. That's great to see, yeah, 100%. So uh, congratulations to uh, Cuevin there, um, currently celebrating over in Liverpool at the moment. And uh, hopefully he'll be back over in Cork uh, soon with uh, his Champions League medal. Um, I saw it somewhere. Uh, earlier on there's four Champions League medals in Cork one of them escapes me the name but one of them is Cuevin Keller Roy Keane Dennis Irwin just the fourth one is, is, is escaping me at the moment I'll, I'll get that one back but um, yeah so uh, there you go four there Champions go. League medals in Cork I tell you it's a hotbed of uh, football it's not yourself Ciarán is it you don't have uh, unfortunately not in no, my I... dreams I've won plenty of them and I'm, <laughs> I'm football manager and championship manager and oh, all those yeah. things oh, we all have them there um, <laughs> but have you won the World Cup with Ireland than it, you know. <laughs> I have. We've won Champions League Premier League. Anyway, that's all uh, on the computer. <laughs> it's not reality. Um, yeah. So I will. We'll talk to or we'll hear from Klopp uh, very shortly as well. But uh, we'll start the show this evening by um, chatting to Gavin Casey from the Forty Two. Dot I I caught up with Gavin a short while ago. Just uh, looking back on that big win. Um, over in New York at Madison Square Garden for Katie Taylor there is a bit of a delay just so you know between uh, my questions and Gavin's answers because he's over in New York just a bit of a time delay but uh, yeah I caught up with Gavin earlier on okay. uh, Gavin Casey of the 42.ie Gavin you were over in New York last night for the fight for Katie's fight uh, what did you make of it? 
Yeah, still here. Uh, still probably trying to get over it in some ways. Uh, absolutely remarkable fight. One of the best uh, female fights I've ever seen. Um, probably when you take into consideration the atmosphere and the kind of electrifying response to all of the action, the best uh, spectacle I've seen in terms of women's professional boxing. Yeah. Uh, I scored the fight a draw, 95 apiece. I, I scored that from within the uh, arena at Madison Square Garden. I've looked back at the fight this morning, New York time here, and I scored it a draw again. So I have to say all these cries of robbery on Pursuit's behalf are kind of falling a bit short for me. I think anybody who's crying robbery probably either didn't watch the fight, mm. didn't score the fight, or just scored the fight with their emotions, i.e. Pursuit got very close, and they kind of felt as though she was hard done by because she didn't get the decision when... Nobody usually gets close to Katie Taylor, you know. So, um, yeah, draw for me. I thought, if, listen, going to my head, if I had to lean either way, I probably would have said for soon, mm-hmm. deserved a notch. But if you scored on a round-by-round basis, which I did, uh, for me it was 95-95. Obviously, there's going to be a margin for error there. and People will have their own interpretations. But uh, I don't believe it was a robbery. I do think Taylor was probably a little bit fortunate to get the nod in the circumstances. Yeah, pursuing that, uh, overly impressed by that call. I, I think uh, she's wagging her finger at the judges at the end of it. But, um, like, it's hard to say. You scored at a draw. It's hard to say where was the winning and losing of it, I guess. But I think Katie has come out and said maybe she wasn't, um, not as into it, but she could have been better herself in the fight. Yeah. Yeah, Katie mentioned last night that she felt as though she'd done enough in the early rounds to, to take the fight. Um, and probably, and her manager, Brian Peters, made the point that she probably nicked at least one of the later rounds. But, you know, I would probably question uh, why Taylor walked into the type of, exactly the type of fight that Delphine Pursuit was looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you consider Taylor's boxing pedigree and her otherworldly brilliance in terms of uh, just pugilistic output and her footwork and shot selection, generally speaking, why you, you kind of engage in a rough and tumble affair with a woman who's probably physically stronger than you, has sharp elbows, has a touch of the dark arts. I mean, she has more knockouts in the professional ranks than Taylor has had professional fights, and that does make a difference because you accrue a different type of skill set and, and sort of savvy in the professional ring, of course. Um, I, I, for me, Taylor's performance was below par and probably a little bit indisciplined in the sense that she let her pride get in the way of, of good boxing at times when she felt as though she was physically under the cost. She tried to nearly fight back and wrestle back instead of maybe taking a step off and looking to box from the outside a little bit more or even get in and out as she does so well. You know, there was a moment, I don't know, sometime in the fourth or fifth round where she kind of was beckoning pursuing forward onto the ropes. There is actually an enormous amount of kind of machismo that uh, has to be taken into consideration when Taylor fights. And she actually mentioned that herself last night, speaking to a few of us in, in our hotel, that it's just her, her personality and it's her nature. And at this point, it's probably not going to change, but it certainly worked against her last night. Now, that being said, all of the uh, denigrators and, and the naysayers uh, with regards to Pursuit were pointing out that she's a policewoman in her native Belgium and how could a policewoman or somebody with a day job uh, also be a professional boxer of the standard that she would challenge Katie Taylor. And if you looked at pattern of the fight, Pursuit came on incredibly strongly in the second half, looked like she could have gone another three, four rounds, had Taylor reeling in that final t- uh, round, the 10th round, Taylor was out of her feet. You know, I, I, I'd be 
I, I probably ask a few questions there as well that maybe I, I can't dig into too much on radio. But yeah, yeah. how does a how does a, a supposed semi-professional? I know she doesn't consider herself a semi-professional, but somebody who you know has only really had a, a proper fight camp for this fight um, has so much in the tank in a fight of that uh, nature. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one, and somebody as well who weighed in by the way four times below the lightweight limit and still looked like an absolute tank in there. But um, look, regardless of all of that, I think Christine can be incredibly proud of her performance. She produced uh, something that certainly the bookmakers weren't expecting. A lot of her own fans, in fairness, were warning me on Twitter and, and fellow Irish boxing observers that uh, that their, their woman was going in to do damage and uh, mm. that we were overlooking her a bit. I don't think actually um, Irish property or proper Irish boxing observers would have overlooked Christine and Taylor certainly didn't. But... I suppose on paper, really, you'd have to say, like, what she nearly produced was an otherworldly shock. Yeah. Um, she's also, Katie now is also the, the undisputed lightweight champion of the world. Um, first Irish person, I think, as well. Like, that's obviously a massive, massive achievement, even more so considering she hasn't been, she's only been a professional for so long. Yeah, she's the first of the kind of modern era, you yeah. say, around, like, um, you know, going back years, there would have been a few, but then uh, obviously we, in modern boxing, there are kind of four major belts. And she, she's the first Irish fighter to accrue all four of those, as well as the Ring Magazine belt as well, a, a fifth one, which would kind of recognise the uh, dominant figure in the division. And I suppose the interesting twist is that the idea of being undisputed champion, it's a fairly Ron Seal uh, term, which is that you can't be disputed that this person is the best fighter in the division, and yet. Mm-hmm. It will be hotly disputed now after last night's fight as to whether or not Taylor actually is, certainly in Belgium. Uh, it is a remarkable achievement, and to do it within 15 professional fights is something else. I was speaking to Carl Fanton at Madison Square Garden during the week, and he made the point that like you can break it down and compare it to men's boxing, and, and obviously the women's uh, ranks have kind of a shallower talent pool, but regardless of all of that, to do it in 14 fights is still, uh, is still serious going. And it's a culmination of a, a very, I suppose, what until last night had been a very straightforward three years for Taylor, uh, certainly inside the ring. And she mentioned that uh, she's only getting started, that you know there are bigger bigger nights on the horizon. There's one potentially with Amanda Serrano uh, in New York later this year. There's a fight with Cecilia Brackout potentially on the table a little bit later on. Brackett is the undisputed champion at 147 pounds. Taylor is undisputed at 135. So they could meet in the middle mm-hmm. at 140 or even 141, which might bring titles back into play. Yeah. So there are kind of super fights on the horizon. Um, and yes, the, the cause really from most boxing observers and a lot of people who would become fans of Katie Taylor and Delphine Pursuit last night would be for a rematch of, of that fantastic 10 yeah. round encounter we saw last night. Yeah, and just uh, very quickly before I leave you go, Gavin, time's against us. Um, just uh, maybe a word on Anthony Joshua being beaten by Andy Ruiz Jr. last night. It was incredible, uh, actually incredible to witness because there were so many British fans in the arena. The noise for Joshua was deafening. And yes, Ruiz is such an eminently likeable fella. But he turned the screw yeah. and, and knocked Joshua down and then started pouring it on. I think the arena nearly nearly joined in, uh, in unison in, in roaring him on as well, and it became almost neutral. You know, it was um, what a performance by this guy. He came in nine pounds heavier than he was in his last fight only two months ago, which would have lent itself to uh, 
maybe the notion that he didn't prepare all that seriously for what was kind of a rocky title challenge. Yeah. And yet he blew Joshua away. Uh, Joshua seemed a bit too relaxed for me during the week. He kind of reminded me a little bit of um, McGregor and Nate Diaz that time when they fought the first time and, and Diaz won. Like, you know, he was okay, yeah. just a little bit too blasé about the whole thing. And he got caught cold and uh, he learned yeah. a harsh lesson. But we'll see how uh, the rematch goes in the autumn. Yeah. Well, Gavin, uh, Casey of the 42.E, thanks very much for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Pleasure as always. Yeah, Gavin Casey there uh, speaking to us live from New York. He had just uh, gotten up out of bed as well uh, after a very late night, uh, early morning over in uh, Madison Square Gardens. So uh, thanks very much to Gavin for joining us on the big red bench. Uh, massive win, Ryan, for, for Katie Taylor there, first and foremost. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. And I think everyone kind of, you know, it, like there's a temptation for people who don't follow this sport to forget about these types of people until the next Olympics rolls around or one of those but like it's good now that everyone's kind of saying well this was really her night last night it wasn't a, a medal for Ireland or it wasn't a, anything it was a real individual I've done something great here I'm an undisputed champion four titles four separate belts at the one time I mean like you you literally quite, quite literally can't get better than that so it's fantastic for her yeah, it certainly is an undisputed champion now, although it is being disputed, I guess, it in is. some ways. It well, it was close. It was a close one. It, it I mean, was yeah. very close. Like like Gavin mentioned there as well, it was 95-95, um, or he makes out it's 95-95. Um, one of the judges did, but two of the other judges, I think, at 96-94. But I th- you'd surely get that when there's so much, you know... But that's the wrong term now punch has been thrown but you know um, that it's going to come down so tight when it is so tight that oh, yeah. there might yeah. be just that yeah. you know percentage yeah but when I mean, I mean like when you're having two people at the top of their game two title holders at the top of their game going toe to toe for that long it is going to come down to the wire like that it's going to come down to splitting fine margins and splitting hairs and at the end of the day she like they they gave it to her and like you could you could, there are people arguing for it and arguing against it but at the end of the day like they those judges are obviously the guys who know what they're talking about know how to how to split these percentages and that and they gave it to her so I suppose that's really all there is to say about it you know yeah and Anthony Joshua losing out as well you mentioned it in the uh, the roundup earlier on today probably a bit of a surprise well uh, yeah a massive surprise a massive surprise it was interesting I saw someone had it up on Twitter. This morning, he was odds on one to thirty three to win that game last night. You know, like it was as far as the, uh, at least as far as the bookies were concerned, it was a done deal for Joshua to get in. And you can kind of like I, uh, the Andy Ruiz Jr. I mean, when you look at him, you kind of think, yeah, like he's a big guy, but he doesn't look as kind of physically like dominant as Joshua. Yeah, you know, like yeah, he, yeah, yeah. like I don't, I wouldn't say like his diet and his regime is quite as as kind of uh, as strict as strict and as kind of uh, strenuous as Joshua you know so it was a bit of a surprise but I mean yeah like obviously a big defeat for him I just don't know what happened like (laughs) yeah yeah, but anyway I think there's a rematch on the cards uh, possibly in that one Uh, Anthony Joshua wants to get revenge he's come out and uh, essentially said um, plenty of other action last night as well in Gaelic Games Cork taking on Limerick in the Munster Senior Football Championship semi-final Limerick uh, defeating Tipperary in the semi-final the week before bit of a shock that one um, but Limerick did play fantastically well against Tipperary 
and they came down to Cork uh, expecting to put up a huge battle but in the end it finished in a, a big Cork win 3.18 to 6 points in front of a crowd of around 3,000 uh, hardy souls I think it was about 3,128 spectators turned up to see it um, while the Champions League was Champions League final was on as well so a good crowd considering that is, that's not a big sure. commitment it is and yeah. the weather wasn't great either and I'm not sure why the, the games were on at the same time it was very silly you yeah. Know? yeah no one. like Kerry playing Clare as well at the same time put them on earlier in the day there was nothing else on there yeah. wasn't any TV rights about the game um, you know put it on earlier but anyway it is what it is um so anyway, yeah, a big win for Cork over Limerick, 318 to 6 points there in Parky Rin last night. A very comprehensive performance from Cork, up against probably a poor performance from Limerick. But uh, Dennis Hurley was there for us last night and he spoke with uh, boss Ronan McCarthy after the game. Did that go as well as it could have gone? Look, it went well and look, I'm not going to complain that after... Look, 20 minutes, I think we were 3 7 to no score up, and um, look, the game was put to bed at that stage. But I suppose what would have pleased us is we kept at it and, you know, didn't um, didn't back off, didn't relent. And look, the conditions in the second half were very were, were very difficult, you know, when when you kind of a hard pitch underneath and the, the surface is so greasy, it can be hard. But look, I thought we kept, um, kept at it, kept working the scoreboard, kept working hard. Um, so look, generally, obviously, good night at the office. Obviously, the, the talk beforehand was that a lot of challenge games had gone well, and like you said in the, the press conference beforehand, you you would won two of the last three league games, so there was a bit of form there. But is there still a sense of trepidation, you know, until you actually see it with your own eyes in the championship? Look, I would say trepidation, but uh, I suppose look, if we didn't see it tonight, you know, it's just you, you know you're just waiting for it again. You know, I suppose look, as I've said, I'm repeating myself. You know, I believe it to be there yeah. in that group, um, and I suppose look, we've got some some I suppose signs of it uh, this evening. Certainly, in the first um, 20, 22 minutes, thought they were really clinical and ruthless. You know, yeah. and it wasn't just our attacking quality; it was our work rate and turn rate of turnover and so on. So, I suppose look, we saw elements of it tonight and. Look, to some extent, people shouldn't be surprised with you know with the quality of players that we have, but you can talk about it and do it. And I suppose we did it tonight to some extent. And to, to Wolves for Brian early on, uh, given that he has had such bad luck with injuries over the last few years, it, it must be great, you know, for him and for Cork, you know, to hopefully see a, a sign of things turning. Yeah, look, I, I think people underestimate really what a loss he's been to, to Cork footballer over the last. Two, two, three years, and it's not just like it's, it's it's not just on the pitch, right? It's not just the quality of his forward play. It's his work rate off the ball for his teammates, right? It's his absolute love and passion for car football. It's his attitude, you know, which is infectious, you know, which raises standards in, in training and everything else. He's been a, like he's been a seismic loss to car football over the last couple of years, uh, and look, he's not back yet. Look, he's as I say, look, he's obviously making great progress, and you can see, look, the twelve months of football on from last year. Yeah. We say. Um, you know he's certainly moving very well, but we have to mind him and you know be careful with them. The beauty of Brian is look that he knows at this stage. You know he's he's old enough to know that you know of a given night if he's as a training and he doesn't feel he's right, 
you know, he knows himself to step out of it and, and we leave that up to him. Yeah. It's up to him, that's up to him, you know, and the medical team to call it. So he's minding himself well and we're minding him well and we just have to be careful with him. But um, look, he's he, he, he's um, every, every team should have one of them. Yeah, and, and Mark Collins got nine points and Rory Dean set up the two goals for Brian, scored one himself, one of that good high balls. It must be great to see kind of the, the older guys like that kind of really setting a, a good tone of leadership. Yeah, it's good look and, um, and actually Rory, to be fair to him, look, you know, got injured with Banton 27th of April and actually missed the month's training. Um, so kind of back into the last two and a half, three weeks. Um, and look, I suppose it was a freshness to him actually in the way he played. But again, look, we just had to manage him properly. And look, we took him after 50 minutes. Um, and look, he was coming anyway. You know, you know, no matter what way the game was going. Yeah. Um, so we've a bit of that. That look, we just need to manage those. But look, as you say, um, some of our older players, you know, uh, you know, stepped up. And um, but our younger guys did well too. Yeah. You know, and we got fellas in off the bench and, and so on. So look, a good player. Uh, and when you're leading like that at by 15 points at halftime, is it is, is it difficult or is it easy to? To kind of refocus fellas for the, the second half when the game is effectively won. Look, I would have felt it was easy enough in that. Um, look, obviously at that point we had more than one foot in the in the Munster final, yeah. and I suppose the, you know the message to guys is if you want to slacken off, there, off you go. Yeah, but there's yeah. obviously going to be fellas coming yeah, looking for your yeah. pace, and um, and I said to you know said to the players after tonight, look, we players Tom from you know Tom Clancy from I, Stephen Cronin, uh, Sean White, Michael Hurley, yeah. uh, they'll have a big say in in this team and this panel. Um, you know, in training in the next couple of weeks and for the for the Monster Football Final, and uh, they didn't get on tonight, and uh, they're not going to take that lightly. Yeah. You know? So look, it, it creates um, fellas know there's a competition for places. So I suppose look that that looks after the forms in the second half. Fellas know they have to you know keep driving on. And the, the line going back through history, through your own playing days, and even way back after Monster Semi Final, that that won't do against Kerry. Like, is, does the same apply here tonight? Is it you know is it all back to zero? You know, and just three three good weeks of training now and then try and go up to them yeah look I don't know whether that would do or not against Kerry but then look you know I think the danger here is we look too far ahead let's, let's focus on you know the prep, getting the prep right for the, for the next couple of weeks and getting back in Tuesday night and recovering fairly quickly and then I suppose building up our intensity in training for you know for the next two weeks after that and then we look at the we look at, at, at the Kerry game and the opposition and um, but look, I think the key thing here is that we're, we're looking forward to it yeah, Ronald McCarthy there speaking to Dennis Hurley after the game last night. Dennis also caught up with uh, Nathan Greenman on McSweeney after the game. I suppose uh, as Davies go, you, you have to be pleased with that. Yeah, uh, yeah, happy, all right. Um, getting the score sheet is a bonus, but you know, from general play, happy just get on the ball. It was before the game, I said get on the ball. It's like any other game, you know, and three points is a bonus, really. Um, the first point there in the first half kind of settled me down, and uh, after that, just kind of give the ball and go, get the ball fast, and that was it, really, you know, like any other game. Yeah. And you were one of three debutants, but I suppose um, Nathan and Liam hadn't played in the league. Yes. Much, whereas you had, yeah, like, yeah. how much of a step up did you find? Uh, just, yeah, there was. Already, you know, the, the pace of the game really was a lot. Like Limerick and Ferris, even you know, they never really gave in. Like in the second yeah. half, there when the game was kind of done, I just thought the pace of the game compared to Leeds, you know, um, was a big, a big pull up. They never, you were never allowed to stop on your feet. Yeah, you were know, all the whole time moving. You know, and obviously you're you're going to be um, strong favourites coming in against yeah. Limerick. Yeah. 
was the fact that they had beaten Tip by seven points. Uh, what was that kind of? Uh, it, it, did that make you guard against complacency? Yeah, yeah, I suppose it kind of did. You know, in fairness, like Tip, Tip kind of got, you know, they got like they hadn't seen anything of him, yeah. so we had seen them, and you know, we knew ourselves that what they'd bring to the table, and you know, we'd seen them, whatever we'd reviewed them, and blah blah blah, yeah. whatever. Like, and uh, like you said, it was good to to get to see them before we came because you know, if we hadn't seen them, we could just we could get caught, you know. But uh, yeah. in fairness to the lads, uh, we prepared like for them like any other team, you know, and not to give them any momentum from the first 10-15 minutes we targeted to yeah. not get the game done but to get in top, you know. It could have done better. No, 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 it couldn't have, you know, and then, um, like, you know, we all got a, f- a few scores, everyone grew into the game, so we all, everyone grew into the game and, you know, Bright did the two goals very well and uh, after that, really, look, we just kind of keep the pedal down and not, yeah. you know, not relent, you know. And you go in then at halftime, you're up 3-8 to 2. Yeah. How do you kind of refocus again for the second half? um, you know, like, like every game, you kind of there's always a small bit of complete. You can say what you want, but there's always going to yeah. be a small bit of. I even see the, uh, the last ten minutes of the first half. Yeah, even twenty we, minutes. We, we, yeah, yeah. We kind of. I don't know. We kind of. We took the foot off, and you know, we came in at halftime. We were addressing that we wanted. We wanted to, you know. Yeah. But um, I suppose in the second half, right, it was our, we got ten points in the second half, you know, and we were kind of keeping the ball and stuff, and then we were kind of floated back to kind of. I suppose they didn't want to push up because they had been scoring. You know, yeah. They didn't want to score into too, you know, too effective. But um, no unfairness. We and just kept saying keep the pedal down no matter what it is how many points just keep keep going you know and obviously now we're to find against Kerry in three yeah, weeks yeah. it's going to be a completely different uh, challenge yeah, it's just course. a resetting now uh, reset, yeah. get, get back in we've been working very hard you know and uh, we know ourselves what we're, what we're capable of, you know, and uh, it's going to be completely different. Yeah. We know that ourselves, but like, look, we know what we can do ourselves, and we'll be, we'll be knocking down, you know, and then um, look, should we play what's in front of us? You know? Yeah, Owen McSweeney speaking to Dennis Hurley there after last night's big win over Limerick. 3.18 to 6 points was how that game finished. Cork now play Kerry in the Munster Senior Football Championship final. They'll play Kerry also in the minor final as well in the next uh, few weeks. So uh, there's something to look forward to, hopefully. Uh, any updates from the French Open, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, it's looking fairly comfortable now for Sloane Stevens, really, to be honest. Uh, second, she took the first set 6-4. Um, Margaret's uh, first serve is really letting her down. You know, she's kind of, uh, she's faulting uh, quite a bit and having to be a bit tentative there in the second serve. So 6-4 in the first set and Sloane Stevens is actually also up 2-1 um, on the second set there. Now, she hasn't broken Magarutza's serve in the second set just yet, so it's still fairly neck and neck, but uh, by all accounts, it's looking like Stevens will probably coast on through unless Magarutza can uh, can shake things up a little bit. Yeah, so a uh, busy day of action uh, over there as well. Uh, Dominic Team has come out and said um, that Serena Williams, uh, she's... Uh, been, or Serena has been kind of accused of uh, unsporting behaviour I just saw there a minute ago as well so I'm not sure what that's in relation to really? have to have a, I didn't hear that either no yeah we'll have to have a quick look uh, into that but uh, still to come here on the bench we're going to look ahead to Cork's game at Waterford next week in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship we'll hear from Klopp um, in his post-match press conference last night and Quivin Keller the former Ringman Rangers goalkeeper it's all on the way after these Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Yeah, welcome back to the Big Red Bench. Colonel Regan and Ryan Grace with you till 7 o'clock this evening. Roar on a well-deserved uh, evening off uh, today. Now, um, we, we just mentioned before we went to the ad break of 
something going on with Serena Williams and Dominic Team. Um, you've found out what that actually was. Dominic Team was saying that he accused Serena Williams of uh, unsporting behaviour. Yeah, I found it here through the uh, the magic of Google during the ad break. So, uh, by all accounts, Dominic Thiem, he just beaten Pablo Cuevas at the French Open. Uh, the world number four, he was given his co- press conference afterwards. And um, apparently Serena, who had just lost, she'd just been eliminated from the tournament, uh, came in and basically tried to kick him out of his own press conference. Um is she for real? Like? <laughs> Apparently so. Um, she walked in, uh, made went straight to the media centre after the defeat. Didn't kind of stick around. I suppose she just wanted to get out of there. Didn't wasn't really up for the up for the crack. And uh, came in and basically asked him. The officials asked him to curtail his press conference to accommodate Serena Williams. Now he's after saying it's a joke. It, what he's actually after saying is it shows a bad personality. I'm sure Federer or Nadal wouldn't have done it. Um, he's normally quite uh, mild mannered. It says that here but I kind of know that myself from following it he is a fairly he's not really one to fly off the handle at anything but um, I suppose you kind of have to say it's fair enough here that to be a bit peeved off if she was kind of coming in and basically asking him to to vacate the premises <laughs> like seriously like I don't know I don't know anyway we won't uh, stay on that too long no, no. So, anyway yeah that's that's very distasteful uh, in fairness anyway yeah yeah, massive massive win for Liverpool it's probably the real reason why Roar took today off because he wouldn't be able to uh, deal with all the Liverpool songs I was, would be playing in the office today <laughs> uh, off your phone no less <laughs> uh, off my phone and I was Sending him uh, goal updates. Now, Roar was watching the match himself <laughs> with his buddies, but I was sending him goal updates and videos of goal updates and uh, videos of me celebrating the goals. And yeah. uh, um, I think I frustrated him towards the end. <laughs> I got some emojis back. Okay, that, we won't we, say which emojis, we won't but say I got which some emojis. emojis. <laughs> but I got some emojis back last night. But anyway, um, yeah, and I'm literally just uh, after seeing a video Obviously, the teams are going to Liverpool are going through the city at the moment on the bus, and uh, well, there's a law in Ireland that you can't celebrate by sitting out the window of a car, because uh, ki- kids used to do that all the time, and obviously, it's very, very dangerous. Um, well, Jurgen Klopp is sitting; they're in a, a you know a double decker uh, open top bus going through <laughs> um, <laughs> Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp's has. Uh, a beverage in his hand and he's throwing his hands up in the air right, happy out this, yeah. baseball yeah. cap wrong way around sitting on the the edge right on the the, the edge of the back of the bus um, you know right. uh, okay. a pretty big fall if he goes over yeah. and he does slip but he falls kind of inside okay. as opposed to outside <laughs> and uh, then he just continues on singing again um, of course he was singing um you know, six baby. Did you see that last yeah, night? Yeah, yeah. So very good. Yeah, I won't, I won't try and copy yeah. it because it'll be horrific. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, congratulations to Liverpool. But uh, or she spoke with a uh, Corkman, Quiving Kelher after the game. Uh, one of the sub goalkeepers. Fantastic day for him, his family, and his club, Ringman Rangers. Um, and this is Quiving. Quiving, congratulations! You're a Champions League winner. How does that feel? Can't describe it to be honest. Can't put into words. Like it's a, it's an unbelievable feeling. Really, I don't, I don't know what to say. Really, I'm speechless. Like, what were the scenes like on, on the pitch afterwards? And when you got your hand on that cup? 
Yeah, it was unbelievable. Like the the lads, this team has worked so hard all year. They produced some unbelievable performances. Like, and um, this is this is the least they deserve. They've been unbelievable, you know. So I was just delighted, really, when I got on there. What was it like watching the game from the bench? It was nerve wracking. To be honest, it's probably easier playing because you're not as nervous. But like, it was nerve wracking. My heart was beating the whole time. Like, but just thankfully we got the win in that, so it was good. And when Mo Salah stuck the ball in the net, you must have got a good feeling. Yeah, I was buzzing. Like, it was a great start to be fair, and then. We just did well throughout the game, defended well, and then finally got Div got it, came up with a great finish, so got the win, so it was good. The scenes afterwards were something else, weren't they? Oh, it's unbelievable. It's it's once in a lifetime. Like I've never experienced that my whole life. It's a, it's probably the best feeling I've ever had. You're only at the the start of your young career, and I'm sure you'll have many big days ahead. Um, everyone at home in Cork is so proud of you. Have you a message for them tonight? Yeah, just uh, just uh, I've got a lot of messages of support. Just uh, thanks for all that, and um, especially my family and my girlfriend who've. Um, been there for me the whole time. It's uh, a lot of thanks for them because they, without them, I wouldn't be here tonight. So it's all it's all down to them, really. And you're off to France now on Republic of Ireland under 21 duty. So will you have to mind yourself tonight? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, let's celebrate tonight first, and then think about that uh, maybe in the meantime. So we'll see. Okay. Well, congratulations, yeah. Creepy. Well done. A very level-headed young fella. Oh yeah. For, yeah. Know, very level-headed. Like for, it, he sounded very experienced there. It's like an old dog. You know, yeah, like for such a young guy at playing at that level, um, Jurgen Klopp brought him in. I think at the in the preseason, I think when you know the goalkeepers weren't uh, the goalkeeper situation in Liverpool wasn't going so well, and um, it's just fantastic for him. He's a Champions Brilliant. League winner's medal now. It's brilliant, and like like you said there, like he's got his whole career ahead of him. Do you know, like he is all ahead of him. But to, I mean, to to get on the road, to hit the ground running like that, and to say, yeah, well, I was in that that twenty three man squad when Liverpool got their sixth European title. I mean, that's that that surely is like the pedestal all young players and young goalkeepers that will look at be he'll obviously be looking to play for the big clubs for the rest of his life. That's that's the the start you'd want in, in your career, isn't it really? You can't get much better than that. Certainly so. Um we'll touch on the Champions League final in just uh, a few minutes, but first uh, this is Jurgen Klopp speaking at the post-match press conference last night in Madrid. As I'm the first one, so congratulations. Thank you very much. I take that from everyone, by the way. With the next questions, you can say it as well. So, um, yeah, thanks. Okay. So we had a debate yesterday whether you're a loser or a winner. That's it. Officially, you're a winner, sir. But my question, Jürgen, is when we see the statistics of the game today, we're all very surprised. We're surprised by Liverpool. Yet you won. What made the difference today in that game? <laughs> the result, obviously, because um, I'm all my when we had uh, we all spoke about it a lot. Uh, played much more finals. Um, then I won, obviously, and um, we always played better football. Um, tonight, both teams, it was a big challenge for both teams to to um, deal with the three weeks um, because you never have a, a period where you have three weeks in no game. So keep the rhythm or, or get the rhythm back, actually. And then the obviously different circumstances for two English teams tonight. It was pretty warm. And um, so you saw it was a fight. It, it's uh, the fun is about the result. And we need to make this experience um, obviously a little bit longer or more often than, than, than others. And tonight the boys showed it, the resilience, everything what you need to, to block the decisive balls. And at the end, Ali had to make a few saves. That's um, He, of course... Um, 
played a sensational game. Well, absolutely, he looked completely <laughs> unbeatable, pretty much, and um, that helped us scoring the goals in the right moment. That's all about. It. Look, we have oh, usually I always sit here a bit earlier and have to explain uh, how you can how can you lose this game. Um, this time, I love to explain. Oh, actually, I no, I don't want to explain why we won it. I only want to enjoy that we won it, and um, all the rest is not important. It's for all the people uh, around the world in the stadium. They are with us and um, they are now celebrating like crazy and um, whoever, whoever is tomorrow in Liverpool and we will celebrate together we will have a sensational night it's, I feel mostly relief to be honest um, relief uh, for for yeah, for my family, actually, because they are pretty close to me, how you can imagine. And the last seven times, six times, we always flew on holiday with a silver medal. That doesn't feel too cool. And this is completely different this year, so it's for them as well. And um, that's great. It's for our, I said it already, for supporters, of course, but for our owners as well, because they never put real pressure on us. They, they, they appreciate the development, they see the steps we make. Uh, it's for them as well, it's great. And um, yeah, for the players, we were all pretty much yeah, crying on the pitch because it was so emotional, it was so big, it means so much to us. And um, But on the other side, and I should have said that probably first of all um, I know how Tottenham feels in this moment better than anybody else in the world and um, they played a an, an, an sensational season as well uh, and they would have deserved it as well obviously but tonight we scored the goals in the right moment And um, but I told Paul Shore directly after the game that he should be really proud of what they did this year as well so um, yeah that's it Gentlemen in the first row Hi Jürgen is it possible to say what is the most satisfying thing about what you've achieved tonight yet? No. What's satisfying? I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the boys. So, look, well, you know what people said about a couple of players of this team and stuff like that. And Jordan Henderson is captain of the Champions League winner 2019. That's satisfying, actually. Um, and um, that all these boys, that Millie did it to the age of 33, I think, um, as one of the most. So they're all very important. But I can say it again, without Millie's... Um, Dress room, dressing room talks before the game with a non-native English, a non-native um, co-manager. Um, I think it would not be possible. So it's so important. All the things what they did um, during the weeks, how they um, emotional. Most that's that's my main feeling. It's um, that overwhelming. All that stuff. It it feels really good. But I'm much. Um, calmer than I thought I would be when it finally happened so um, I, it was not important to me really to touch the, 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 the cup or whatever I loved the pictures when the boys had it I loved it when I saw a few faces in the stands that was uh, what gave me everything I need And um, so, but tomorrow going to Liverpool and having something to celebrate that's big and I'm really looking forward to that yeah, there you have Jurgen Klopp speaking um, after the or speaking at the post-match conference uh, last night in Madrid after Liverpool won the Champions League for the sixth time. As we just saw a video of Klopp counting uh, how many times Liverpool <laughs> had won it. 
He made sure everyone knew. <laughs> yeah, Klopp is brilliant. It's just his enthusiasm. It's he's just great. Uh, it's great. really infectious, and he's got that winning smile. <laughs> he sure does. He and, does. And that video of Klopp uh, dangling off the side of a bus, I did just show Ryan. You saw it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it looked like they went over a bump or it, something. It looked like a hard break or a speed bump or something. <laughs> but he, <laughs> he, he, uh, he didn't fall uh, completely over on his side. Um, but yeah, look, uh, obviously I'm half biased um, with Liverpool winning, but uh, it, it wasn't a great game, really, at the end of the day. It was it probably poor enough. It was. It, like, look, it in the grand scheme of things, in the scheme of this year's competition, yeah. it doesn't break into the top five of games because there, there have been some dramatic turnarounds and some kind of dramatic, uh, you know, kind of second legs and very dramatic comebacks in this. And it just wasn't one of those. So it, it didn't really live up to the hype. It, some, sometimes it just doesn't, though. You get the same in these kind of... Uh, Cup competitions in the World Cup, you know, sometimes it can start quite cagey. Now, what yeah. surprised me, and we were saying it earlier on, what surprised me was when the penalty happened so early and when Liverpool took a lead so early, I actually thought, wow, like we're really in for something here because it, there, there's no room now for Spurs to sit back with the ball. Like they'll have to attack it and they'll have to go on the front foot and look for an equaliser and sooner rather than rather than later. Do you know, so I really thought we're we're in for something here. This could be five, six goals because it's after starting on a real wobbler and how is everyone going to react to this? But it, it was almost the opposite. The Spurs played well after they conceded, which is fair. Um mm-hmm. Fair enough. I think Harry Winks had a very good game for such a young lad, such a new guy in the squad. He really held it together, held possession quite well. But it just it just didn't really turn into much obviously Origi kind of finished off the game then towards the end it was a great finish in fairness Origi's finish was brilliant um, but, but like not much to say much other than that like yeah. it was just it, it was just running the mill it looked like it, it kind of looked like just a regular Friday night or like or kind of early mm-hmm. Saturday kickoff between Liverpool and Spurs in the league it was just what you'd expect Liverpool kind of coming out on top didn't concede Alisson like did everything he was meant to do. Van Dyke played well, you know, but it just wasn't a spectacle as such. It, to concede a penalty after twenty seconds is it, it's awful for confidence and things because you really you're like, is this actually happening? This yeah. early, the, the game has literally just started and we've already conceded a penalty. I'm it was sure a there were a few penalty. fans who were still at the bar getting a couple yeah. points and then all of a sudden they'd missed it. But it was like it was. A terrible penalty to give away, Ryan. It was. It was. It was terrible. Now, the one thing you would say about Suzuko is that, like, obviously, like, apart from that, he actually played okay. He mm-hmm. played quite well. That that was would obviously damage your confidence. You'd you'd be feeling terrible from the very very get go. Now he played well and he contained Mane quite well. And uh, you know, like, but but obviously, yeah, it it was a ridiculous place to have your arm sticking out it was very inviting it was too inviting you know yeah. and, and like yeah I mean what um, was there to say really about it it was just a bad a very very bad start yeah and uh, I think actually we mentioned yesterday on the big red bench myself and Roar some of the, the new football rules and I think it was mentioned on TV that they're coming in next uh, year they're actually in as of yesterday they're in straight away other than the Champions League final all the new rules are in um, and there's a few like they touch on penalties handballs uh, free kicks uh, even substitutions and a lot of other things as well yeah. Um, but yeah I guess they'll be very very disappointed uh, Tottenham but they should still be you know very 
uh, what's the word? The word is escaping me now. But um, look, they've got to a Champions League final, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's their uh, first one, and it's huge. They've, they've gotten to a Champions League final on very, very limited resources when you compare them to the likes of the other big six at the minute in that Premier League, and like they did, they were the only club out of the 20 clubs in the Premier League that didn't sign anyone last summer mm-hmm. it was the exact same squad they were nowhere near getting to a Champions League final kind of before this and that just shows I, I, that's a credit to Pochettino the manager more than anyone because it shows that he is the kind of guy that doesn't need to have the unlimited bank account you know he, he can he can take young talent and he can take more experienced players and lift them up and rise them up you, you saw that in the second leg against Ajax with Lucas Moore the unlikely hero coming in and getting a second half hat-trick that's the kind of stuff that Pochettino can pull out of the players it's very admirable you know and I'm an Arsenal fan saying this now so and I <laughs> while I had technically no horse in this race last night I, I, I would have preferred Liverpool to, to lift it but like I mean, yeah, it it is exactly like you say. It's it's a massive achievement. They slipped a bit in the league. Their form really, mm-hmm. really died um, towards the end of the league. There's no point in saying any otherwise. Like they should have finished third in that. They really should have. Like I can't believe they finished behind Chelsea in the end of that. But they got themselves to a European final, and and you know, like they they, they with, with Kane kind of suffering and mm-hmm. min Son having to step into a very prominent role, very very all of a sudden, and very kind of limited kind of squad depth, not much on the bench to look to, not much in the reserves to look to, and they did you know they did themselves proud certainly. Yeah. So uh, look, uh, congratulations to Liverpool. I suppose commiserations to Spurs fans, but still very big achievement getting to a. A Champions League final, um, and it, look, it's good for Liverpool. They have something to celebrate after losing out on the the Premier League title uh, at the end of the season. Now, uh, moving on back to Gaelic games, and the Cork Senior Hurlers are taking on Waterford in Parky Cueve on Saturday evening of next week. A doubleheader, obviously, with the Miners as well, and uh, Miners will be looking to get all points in that one. But uh, earlier on this week, Roar caught up with Cork Senior boss John Myler. John, first off, any uh, injuries knocks Nicholas heading into the game? Saturday? Just, just um, you know, from the Limerick match that Conor Lehan uh, is back running and that, and uh, you know, we would hope to have him up uh, ready, fit, and able to go now and um, against Waterford. And uh, you know, does a few knocks and niggles and that, but that's really it, you know. Must be a big boost to have Conor fits off the game. Ah, yeah, look, look, um, he came off after uh, 10 minutes against uh, Limerick and you know but it was great then to have Alan Cadigan back in and competitive and, and uh, up and at it you know so it'll be great to have the two of them and fantastic to have Cadigan back playing and for him to be out for 21 months and come in and put a performance like that was something else yeah but I think he's he's that type of a player he's dynamic uh, he's energetic and he brings a lot to the table and it was great to see him back you know that we, we we rushed him back probably in the league game here against Tipperary and possibly shouldn't have we should have introduced him and you know that was the idea against Limerick just to get him in you know 15-20 minutes impact sub in the end but look he came on after 10 minutes and done a really wonderly job it gives you options going forward then as well well yeah and that's, yeah, that's competition for 
replaces its options but you must have no you must have five subs and possibly a blood sub so you're using 2021 players so those five six players that come in off the bench have to make an impact have to mm. put in an input and, and that's what you're really looking for so if you look at uh, Stephen McDonald came on for Sean O'Don who did really well Christopher Joyce came in for Downey and uh, Declan Dalton and Shane Kingston came into the forwards really made a contribution Dalton with his two points you know at that stage of the game like two critical points and you know a kind of copper fastened us really the reaction to that Limerick win has been something else from Cork hasn't it ah yeah but, but it's only one match and uh, you know from the, from the low of Tipperary to the high of Limerick you know we have to get a consistency in our level of performance and you know we need to be consistent the next day we need to maintain our level of performance which we gave against Limerick and take that into the Waterford game and that's what we're focusing on and that's what we need to do and what was the biggest change from the Limerick game from the Tipperary game look it was, it was work rate everybody can see that work rate and attitude was up 100% and the players deserve great credit for that and the management team and you know that, that, that we honed in on that and looked at that so we need to get that up and ready and going again now for the uh, Waterford match so that game was a massive wake up call to the lads and yeah and, and um, you know everybody both the players and management were disappointed uh, with with our performance on that and you know what I mean then to go to Limerick then and, and play that game and really put in a performance really put in a shift was, was, was super three week gap now since the last game to the game against Waterford how have you approached the gap have you given the last time off or? yeah we look we we, we we gave them a few days off and, and a rest and recovery and then get back and you know pick it up again and just slowly build it up and you know that uh, to pick things up now for Waterford on, on Saturday and that's that's the next big stage and you know it's going to be a competitive match in Parky Keeve and, and we know that Was it frustrating after the Limerick performance you didn't have a game straight away to get right back into it? No I, I, I think it was I think it was good to take the two games to take the two the Tipperary and the Limerick games in context and, and really evaluate and find out the positives out of that and you know we got a lot of positives out of it and you know um, we introduced a few new players like Downey coming in against Limerick played really well and you know Dalton Shane Kingston coming off the bench really had, and great to have Alan Cadigan back again so you know they're, 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 there's there's a stronger panel there now again What expecting from Waterford now Saturday week? Hugely competitive uh, highly intense match you know they'll have the benefit of, of playing Limerick uh, before they play us so you know they you, you get an opportunity to iron out any issues any problems and that and they'll come bouncing to Parky Kiev, I know that. And how big a factor is home advantage for that game? Huge, you know, and we need to get the Cox support behind us that was behind us in Limerick, and we need that, and uh, we, we need to see a sea of red, really, and that's what we expect, and that's what we want, that people get behind the team now, and, you know, they're, they're kind of the 16th man, really, that can support us. Very finally, John, if I may be spoiled, Champions League prediction, Liverpool or Tottenham? Um, I think Liverpool, probably 2-1. Nice. Thanks, John. Well, there you have it. John Myler has <laughs> spoken, and he was uh, he was correct a with fairly the solid prediction from John Myler there. Solid prediction. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, Liverpool winning. He was right, which was uh, great. But uh, he didn't go into analysis or anything. But um, he got the 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 overall result right, I suppose. If not the score, that's the important thing. That's the important thing. <laughs> um, yeah, we can. You'll hear from Damien Callan, Donald Manny, and Robbie O'Flynn next week on the Big Red Bench with Roar on Saturday night. That's about our lot for 
for tonight. Any uh, last minute update from the French Open? Do you know, it's just about to finish up here. I'd say Sloane Stevens up 6 4 5 3 in the second set. And she's actually, it's gone to juice here. So I'd say, like, she'll, she'll either be taking this one or it might go to 5 4. But she's certainly looking fairly strong to get the result anyway. Okay. Um, that's about it from the Big Red Bench for this evening. The podcast will be up in the next few moments. And uh, uh, I was going to say, is, is there anything yet, Ryan? But uh, it's probably still juice, is it? No, it's still juice. Yeah, uh, still, juice. still juice. The spy who loved me has just come on RT2. Yeah, and all uh, I can think about but... is juice now. So <laughs> we'll drive on. Anyway, that is it from the bigger event from myself and Ryan for this evening. The podcast is coming up in the next few minutes on our Twitter page and everywhere else you can get your podcast. And Alan is up next with Creon Wright. Chat to you later. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.